Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me today for Brahma Vihara's Equanimity for the World. And this, uh, today's episode will be a guided meditation uh, where we actually go uh, through uh, this meditation practice, extending the wishes of equanimity for the entire world. Uh, now, and this actually concludes the chapter on equanimity. And if you've been with me before, you've experienced meditations where we come into the present moment experience through the sounds, the sensations of body and breath, cultivating a certain type of awareness, a certain type of stillness. And then in that stillness, we offer phrases of, well, we've done uh, loving kindness, we've done compassion, and a couple of weeks of equanimity, we offer these phrases uh, which are endowed with that emotional component, if you will. And so here, offering phrases of equanimity first to our own heart. And then we offer these phrases then to the entire world. Now, when we offer the phrases to the entire world, don't forget, we don't forget ourselves. We include ourselves in that group. And I'll be guiding all of this as well. But don't leave anyone out. It's, it's often when we uh, open our awareness, our circle of care and compassion uh, to the entire world, we're often uh, sometimes exclusive, <laughs> habitually. And so these practices are designed to allow us to see that. So you might ask yourself in the middle of the practice, who am I leaving out? This is supposed to be the entire world. Am I leaving out a particular belief system? Am I excluding a particular political ideology? Am I leaving out an economic background? We. In this practice, we exclude, uh, we include rather everyone. And that's the idea for these practices that we gradually expand our circle of care, our circle of compassion, of loving kindness, of equanimity to include everyone. Because it's really um, violence or transgressions, uh, that's really only possible for people that we consider to be outside of that circle. Now, we might indeed transgress against people that care, that we care for, uh, but you'll notice that during that transgression, they were outside of that circle. It might have just been for a moment, but uh, if, we're, if we commit some sort of transgression against somebody, we're no longer holding them in that circle of care and compassion of joy, of equanimity, of love and kindness. So these practices designed to expand out. Now, I often uh, start these episodes uh, with a bit of reading, sort of to inspire. And so I picked just three very short passages uh, from three different traditions uh, on equanimity. We have the Zen tradition, uh, which I was mostly trained in. About, I guess about half of my training has been in Zen. We have uh, Taoism, Lao Tzu, which is very close to Zen, and then a passage from the Buddha himself, from the Pali Canon, the earliest writings of the Buddha. Oh, and I just lost that page. Well, okay, there it is. 
Okay, here is Huining, the sixth patriarch of Zen Buddhism. Dark itself isn't dark. It is due to light that dark is dark. And light itself isn't light. It is due to dark that light is light. Because light changes into dark, and dark gives rise to light, their appearance and disappearance depend on each other. All experience is like this. So Huening clearly encouraging us to find that middle ground, not holding on to light or dark, not holding on to any concept. He's using light and dark as examples there. To find that unspoken middle, as Aristotle would have put it. Lao Tzu. All of the world knows beauty, but if that becomes beautiful, this becomes ugly. All of the world knows good, but if that becomes good, this becomes bad. Have and have not create each other. Hard and easy produce each other. Long and short shape each other. High and low complete each other. So Lao Tzu there really pointing at that same teaching how when we fall into one side of the extreme, we fall into a dead end and how we can step out of that dead end by recognizing that every concept has an equal and opposite concept. And so we find again that middle ground between two and the middle ground can't be defined. As soon as we define the middle ground, that turns it into another concept, which we're striving towards, which we're grasping towards, which we're clinging to, and that creates another equal and opposite, which other people strive towards, cling to, and so forth. So, so the middle ground has to remain undefined. As soon as we define it, we create an equal and opposite to that definition. And here's the Buddha himself pointing at that exact idea there. And this is an exchange between the Buddha and a Brahmin, a wanderer named Vachigota. How is it, Venerable Gotama? Does the self exist? asked Vachigota. The Buddha remained silent. Then, how is it, Venerable Gotama? Does the self not exist? The Buddha again remained silent. Eventually, Vajigota got up from his seat and went away. The Buddha then turned to his attendant Ananda and said, If I had answered the self exists, that would have encouraged eternalism. And had I answered the self does not exist, that would have encouraged nihilism. Now, on first reading that passage, one might think that the Buddha is just not answering the question. He's just letting this questioner kind of burn himself out and leave. 
But when you really sit with that, you, you come to realize that he's actually answering the question with that silent space. Does the self exist? Silence. Does the self not exist? Also silence. So allowing the silence to be the answer between the two extremes of nihilism or nihilism and eternalism. So again, pointing at that undefinable, unspoken middle ground. And the reason why I'm reading these three passages is because the practices of equanimity are really designed to allow us to find that unspoken middle, the place which lie between beliefs, between identifications, between uh, the places that we delight and revel in. Okay, so I hope that was inspiring and inspired me. And I will ring the bell. I'll guide us into the present moment. We'll do this through uh, breath, body, and sounds today. Remember, sensations of breath and body are always right now. The sounds of the present moment also always right now. So we'll come into the present moment in that way. And we'll offer these very precious phrases of equanimity to our own heart. And we'll go through that stage rather briefly, just checking in with equanimity, bringing it to our own heart. And then we offer those same phrases to the entire world. And I'll be guiding all of this. We do this through a visualization. Uh, but qu just quickly to touch in with this, uh, as we offer each phrase to the world, uh, we visualize, imagine, or try to get a feel for what the world would look like if each phrase was completely reflective of the entire world's condition, the entire world's circumstance. Okay, so enjoy this meditation, Equanimity for the World. So allowing the body to rest, allowing your muscles to relax and grow soft, allowing the mind to rest, just coming into this present moment experience, allowing the heart to rest, vast and open like the blue sky. And breathing in and breathing out, bringing awareness and attention to the breath as it enters the nose and leaves the nose. Noticing the breath, touching the back of the throat. You might simply notice the temperature changing from cooler to warmer as you inhale and exhale at the nose and the back of the throat. Noticing the rib cage expanding and contracting with each breath. 
the rising and falling of the abdomen as you inhale and exhale. You might also notice the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. Noticing the shoulders rising and falling with each breath. And while resting there with the present moment experience of breathing, you might also notice sensations of clothing resting against the shoulders, the arms resting against the body, noticing the hands resting against the body or touching each other. You might also notice sensations of clothing against the back, the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, mat or floor. Sensations of clothing against the legs. Noticing the feet against the mat or the floor. You might also notice sensations arising from the back of the neck. Sensations arising throughout the face, including the lips, the nose, the eyes and the forehead. Noticing any sensations arising from the top of the head. And while resting here in this present moment experience of the sensations of breath and body, you might also notice the sounds of the present moment. You don't need to focus on any one particular sound, but noticing the entire canopy of sounds. hearing all of the sounds all at the same time. And in addition to any sound, paying close attention to the quality of still silence, which noticing that silent space, which was there prior to any sound. And so we'll rest right there just for a few moments, maintaining open, spacious awareness on the silence and sound, sensations of body and breath, and just rest.
now while maintaining that open, spacious awareness, we'll begin offering these very precious gifts of equanimity to our own heart. As if we were bringing our heart the most precious, rare gift. visualizing or imagining what our life would look or feel like if each phrase was completely reflective of our life circumstance. May I be free from preference and prejudice. May I know things just as they are. May I experience the world knowing me just as I am. May I see into whatever arises. And now, while breathing in and breathing out, allowing a visualization to arise in your mind's eye. Visualize the entire world. All of the people, all of the inhabitants, all of the sentient beings of the entire world. People from all walks of life, all race, all political ideologies, all beliefs, all religions, all walks of life, all economic backgrounds, all sexual orientations and preferences. We're all here. If you wish, you can include animals, while allowing this visualization to appear. We'll begin offering these very precious phrases of equanimity to the entire world, including ourselves. 
And after each phrase, we'll visualize or imagine what the world would look like if each phrase was completely reflective of the world's circumstances. We'll spend about a minute with each phrase. May we all be free from preference and prejudice. May we all know things just as they are. May we all experience the world knowing us just as we are. May we all see into whatever arises.
May we all, the whole world, be free from preference and prejudice. May the whole world know things just as they are. May the whole world experience the world knowing us just as we are. May the world and all of the people in the world see into whatever arises.
and breathing in and breathing out, allowing any visualizations in the mind's eye to dissolve. You can let those fade back into the open, spacious awareness from which they came. and bringing attention and awareness to the sounds of the present moment. And simply noticing the entire soundtrack of the present moment as it unfolds. And while resting there, with the sounds and the silence of the present moment, bringing attention to the sensations of feet against the mat or the floor. Noticing the sensations of clothing against the legs, the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, mat or floor. Sensations of clothing against the back. There might be the sensations of hands resting against the body or touching each other. The arms resting against the body. Sensations of clothing against the shoulders. You might notice sensations arising from the back of the neck. Sensations arising throughout the face, including the lips and the nose, the eyes and the forehead. Noticing any sensations arising from the top of the head. And while resting there, with the sound and silence and the sensations arising throughout the body, noticing the breath entering and leaving the nose, the breath as it touches the back of the throat, noticing the rib cage expanding and contracting as you inhale and exhale. The rising and falling of the abdomen with each breath. You might also notice the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. Noticing the shoulders rising and falling with each breath. And as you inhale and exhale, we'll just rest right there, maintaining open, spacious awareness on the silence and sound, sensations of body and breath, and just rest.
Hmm. Well, thank you very much for joining me for that. I hope you all enjoyed uh, this offering, equanimity for ourselves and for the entire world. Beautiful practice. As are all of the Brahma Viharas. Brahma Vihara, Sanskrit term which translates to the dwelling of the gods or the home of the gods. And so it was considered in the Buddhist tradition that, that uh, these, uh, they're not really emotions, but they're qualities of experience. Uh, loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Uh, and they were uh, considered to be uh, so uh, such an enlightened way of experiencing the world that these are where the gods hang out. And so I'm going to talk more tomorrow uh, at great length about the Brahma Viharas and as a way of uh, finishing up our chapter here on equanimity and moving forward to the final chapter of the Brahma Viharas, which is joy. So I'll be doing a, a presentation uh, as a way of closing equanimity and leading us into the practices of joy. Something to look forward to there, so I hope you all will join me for that. So I won't speak too much more about equanimity because I'll be doing some talking on equanimity tomorrow at the beginning of the, uh, of, of the episode there. But if you are interested in taking the Brahma Viharas up as a practice, uh, I do recommend spending two weeks on each stage. So if, you, if, you're, if you've joined me for equanimity, do spend two weeks on equanimity for ourself, two weeks on equanimity for a loved one, two weeks on equanimity for a stranger and so forth. When we spend a good amount of time, two weeks for example, uh, we are really allowed to experience the shift uh, brought on by each phrase as we bring each phrase into our heart and we really sit with each phrase uh, for a good amount of time and then we do that for a loved one. We notice a shift in our relationship to ourself. We become more equanimous in this example, more filled with loving kindness, more compassionate. And then our, we begin to notice shifts between the people that we encounter in our life, our loved ones, uh, our strangers, people we don't know. And when we encounter our enemies too, we uh, start to feel a warmth, even towards the people who challenge us in that way. Stay safe, stay clean, stay healthy. Uh, whatever that means for you in this uh, interesting and challenging time in our world's history. And I will be back soon with the next episode of Brahma Viharas Joy. Be well.